Welcome to A Language Journey, a podcast series where we explore humans, where they come from, the languages they speak, the stories that shape them, and who they are. Today we're joined by Andy Mendez from Bangladesh. Andy, can you introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us about yourself, where you're from, and the languages you speak. First of all, I would say that I'm really glad to be here and on for the first journey of language. Thank you. Yes, and um, I am from Bangladesh, originally from Dhaka, Bangladesh, which is the capital. What languages are spoken in your home country, home city? Bring us through your life and what languages you learned at different points. Well, growing up, the thing is I was, our, my mother tongue, as we call it, is, is Bengali or Bangla, to be exact. Okay, so fact time. Bengali or Bangla is an Indo-Aryan language primarily spoken by Bengalis. Also, there are 22 official languages in neighboring India. Of those, Bengali is the second most widely spoken, behind only Hindi, with about 260 million speakers. Bengali is the seventh most spoken language by total number of speakers in the world. When I was growing up, my family uh, is, has a background, like my father's side is actually Portuguese. So through that, my one of my we have our mother tongue. That's what we got to learn. And on top of that, my home language, you could say, or whatever, the the thing that I used to speak at the house is English. So that's not something usual for every other kid growing up from from my country. And besides that, I know Hindi, which is from India, Urdu from Pakistan, and. Uh, Still on process of still getting the the Portuguese language. So you speak Bengali. Uh, you learned Hindi uh, along the way, and you you said you learned English. The thing about like Hindi, I was telling about. I actually picked up Hindi along uh-huh. the way, uh, like looking into movies or a lot of people watch like you know Indian movies, and and they're used to growing up looking at. We picked it up through that, and a lot of people can actually like pick it up and carry it on. Uh-huh. And then a lot of people just like, okay, I'm I'm good with that. Can you say hi, nice to meet you in those three languages? I I just want to hear them. Sure, no problem. Um, Hi, nice to meet you in in Bengali is kya monacho, which is how are you, and uh, nice to meet you is a well. Let me just say it in 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 a sense, basically. so it's 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 a long line, but it's that's how it is. In Hindi, you could say is "Aapke saath milke bahut acha laga." So that's Hindi. And uh, what was the other one you wanted, wanted to know? Um, did you did Urdu? You, Urdu, yeah. Urdu. Urdu is uh, pretty much the same as Bengali, uh, it as as Indian as well, kind of like. A little bit here and there. Aapke saath mulakat hoke acha laga. Mulakat and milke. So mulakat is meat in 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 Urdu, mm-hmm. and milke is is meat in in Hindi. Fact time. Urdu is the national language of Pakistan and is closely related and mutually intelligible with Hindi. There are many similarities between these two languages. While they do have different written scripts, at the informal and spoken level, 
they are often considered a variety of the same language. What's your level of fluency in, in those, each of those? Yeah. Okay. Um, in each of those, basically, my Bengali is spot on. I guess mm-hmm. I would yeah. say, reading, 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 and writing. But here's another thing: like a lot of kids these days don't know Bengali how to write them, because it's like it's like kind of like a scripture, you could say. Interesting. Even if I write it down on a paper, it's a little different for that note. But uh, and Hindi fluent i can't write it but i read it a little bit because i it, there was a time i went to india for about a year to study and uh, yeah i kind of picked up the because i we had to do a basic hindi class for on that note basically so do you notice any similarities between like urdu uh, bengali uh, and hindi that might have made it easier for you to learn a new language like that? I mean, yes, of course, there are similarities, you know, here and there. One thing I would say with Bengali, there isn't, there, like, there isn't any similarity with, with Hindi or Urdu. Uh, the original Hindi, I would say, is, is not um, anywhere close to Bengali. And uh, Bengali is a whole different as well. And I mean, there is a little dif- um, little similarity between uh, between Hindi and Urdu. There is a lot of things in, in Bengali that you will not exactly uh, get in in Hindi or Urdu. Mm. Yeah. So. All right, fact time. In 2015, there were about 109 million speakers of Urdu in Pakistan, 15 million of whom speak it as a native language. Urdu is spoken in certain states in India, also in Nepal, South Africa, Guyana, and it is spoken by about 250,000 people in Bangladesh. You see the, and these these all alphabets, I, like, I mean, I understand. See the Urdu, Bengali, and Hindi. The Urdu, again, I'm, I'm only looking at this for the first time, the Urdu alphabet looks a lot like Arabic to me. Um, yes. Is it, do you see a lot of the same letters uh do you know any arabic me me personally i don't know arabic but uh, there are there definitely are similarities to to arabic with uh, with urdu mm-hmm. you know and um, that's one of the reasons i would say like bengali is one of we had a war between between pakistan and bangladesh and that was for the language itself like it, it, we Bangladesh, you know, Desh is a country and Bangla is our language. So that's the, 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 like our flag is green and red. You know, the red circle in between is, uh, is the blood shed for the green mm-hmm. of, the, of the rest of the, of the flag. During the conflict between East Pakistan, which is now Bangladesh, and West Pakistan, now currently Pakistan, it is estimated that between 300,000 and 3 million Bengali people were killed by the Pakistani military and other supporting militias. Many modern scholars refer to the events of this conflict as an example of genocide. The result of the war was the liberation and establishment of the sovereignty of Bangladesh. I mean, you say that the war was kind of over the culture, the language. Yes. Well, after the war, what, ha- what happened with that? Well, basically, that's that's how we formed. We basically the thing is we were East Pakistan, and Pakistan. We 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 
demanded that okay we want our own language uh-huh. we have it we can speak it and um, <clears throat> the people the government from Pakistan a lot of like officials everybody uh, they didn't want us to speak our own language Bengali you know uh-huh. you want to speak your mother tongue or a language you can connect to your own people that's uh, so what happened after it we became independent man we became bangladesh so that's the thing like 1971 uh it was one of if you look up on on the internet too it's, it was one of the worst wars in 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 history because there was famine eventually you know a lot of people had to migrate move from here to there a lot of people were killed kids coming back from school were asked questions like okay can you speak in urdu you know they were just like it's, it was it's a bad scene but they were shot dead because they couldn't speak in urdu and wow. they're just you, you know they're just kind of coming back from home like that's how we came to be like that's how language is so important to us to an extent and that was only that was you said that was night in the 70s early 1971 yeah so since then the two countries have obviously split you're, you're you know, it's bangladesh and there's pakistan mm-hmm. do you recognize when you're looking at uh the, the languages in pakistan do you recognize the similarities there um because if if they came from did you're saying they came from the same language basically no yeah, no no that's the thing like bengali is it's it, it, like it's totally separate than urdu so the thing is i like when i have a lot of pakistani friends but when they speak in in urdu i understand them but when i speak in bengali with my people or you know my dad calls up and i just right away switch into bengali and mm-hmm. then they're like dude what are you speaking i'm like dude that's what we fought for man um <laughs> where where is urdu spoken where is it spoken yeah. pakistan only only and, and no i mean there are other parts of it's basically like you could say the mother tongue of pakistan okay urdu is the national language of pakistan and is closely related to and mutually intelligible with hindi there are many similarities between these two close languages while they do have different written scripts at the informal and spoken level they are often considered a variety of the same language so you're growing up in bangladesh right you're you learned bengali uh, as a as a kid and growing up what was it like learning urdu um were there any tensions was it was it something that was still an expectation uh describe describe your childhood with those two languages the thing is um that is actually a good question in a way because the thing is it kind of differentiates our own country people and how they perceive that mm-hmm. that notion of things the thing is um like for me in in a sense for for my dad or my family we the, even my family was a part of the of the of the war it was kind of tough uh, at the same time it wasn't i would say because all the time you're going to school you have bengali classes you know you have uh, they'll teach you the teach you the the letters and everything since ever since you're a kid like ever since you're you're in kindergarten and stuff mm-hmm. and uh, urdu like you won't really find uh movies from pakistan in in our country a lot of it you you have to like actually go to the internet you know and look up uh, a a pakistani movie and and listen to urdu or you know kind of like that but i kind of picked up urdu actually after i would say after i finished like yeah kind of like 
after I finished grade eight, something mm-hmm. like that. So it was through a little later, uh, throughout my life span, that I kind of like caught up to Urdu. What were the reasons that you went down that path around eighth grade to learn Urdu? Honestly, the thing is, I was I do music, so it's 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 a it's a very like natural instinct for an artist to actually. Uh, or I just had artist instincts, you know, kind of in the sense that I wanted to learn more. And around the age of grade eight, you know, or when you're in grade seven, and you're just like 12 years old. At that. So you're, you are kind of growing, you know, you're, you're evolving as a person. So for me, it was like, it was kind of like a thing that I want to know, okay, I, I know about the war, but what is it about the, the Urdu? that they didn't want to leave it, like Pakistan didn't want to leave that, and we didn't want to receive it or want to, you know, take it on. So, of course, I love, you know, uh, I love my language, and there's no complaints on that, but it's like, what was the reason exactly, like, go deeper to that? Mm-hmm. So it was, I guess it was my instinct or like a, or I don't know, it was something, something that actually... And and also speaking, coming from a, a family who's which has a Portuguese background, you know we have the like the Portuguese stuff at the same time as well. So it was always kind of like an interesting thing to know a language. And what I thought, what I've kind of felt is, once you come across or meet people or you want to know another language, you know that nation. You understand. You get to know more about the the, the people from there. So in 2015, there were about 109 million speakers of Urdu in Pakistan, 15 million of whom speak it as a native language. Urdu is spoken in certain states in India, Nepal, South Africa, Mauritius, and Guyana, and it is spoken by about 250,000 people in Bangladesh. How long did the process take for you to become fluent in Urdu from, you know, your, how old are you, 11 at this point, you said? About 11 or 12, maybe? About... Yeah, about 11, 12, something like that. Yeah, how yeah. long did that take you? Um, um, one thing about uh, uh, the thing, like, just to make it more distinct that I'm not fluent, fluent at Urdu. Mm-hmm. I can pick it up along the way. But, uh, and fluent in a sense, you could say that uh, I can have a good conversation with one of my friends from Pakistan. If I speak to them in Bengali, they will not be able to have a conversation back to me. So that's a funny notion when we like when we have a conversation and mm-hmm. it's like, you don't know Bengali, man, but I can pick up your Urdu, you know? So I get a sense that maybe, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, do a lot of um, Bengali people speak Urdu? Does it necessarily go the other way that a lot of Pakistani people also speak Bengali? Um, tell me about that. And here's where that like that interesting thing comes in is basically a lot. Ninety-eight percent of people who are from Pakistan don't know Bengali at all, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, about ninety-eight percent. As it's it's about ninety-eight percent of the people from Pakistan, which is funny that they don't understand Bengali at all. They don't know the sound of it. You know how. Sometimes you can understand or pick up something, but they can't. But from our side, it's not it's not because of how we are, but 
I don't know, a lot of people from Bangladesh can do actually understand Urdu mm-hmm. at the same time. But like, as I said, Bengali on that sense is like a whole lot different than, than Urdu. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's ranked the fourth toughest language in, in, if, in the world right now at the moment. We'll, we'll have to look it up. Um, Bengali. Ah, yes. Yeah. So tell me, I'm going to back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're generally from, you know, we in, in the United States, we call it K-12 education. But like from your childhood all the way to when you graduated um, high school before college, what's it like? How common is it to study English, study Urdu in your schools to have that concurrent with Bengali? One thing about like the schools in, in Bangladesh, they will not teach you Urdu at all and not at all. Just because people f- and Urdu is similar to Arabic, which is tr- like which is actually very true. Like you picked it up, you know, when you, as you said earlier, that it has similar like similarities. If you look at it, it has similarities with Arabic. So a lot of like like people who are Muslim, um, they know how to read the Quran. You know, so they pick up that Arabic, so they are kind of generally understand the Urdu, which comes out. So it has there's many similar words of Urdu, which is which is also Arabic mm-hmm. at the same time. So uh, and you, there's no other like similarities with Bengali with any any others. You know, like you can't. It's not similar to to Arabic at all, so you can't pick it up. I'm going to deviate a little bit. Andy, you're an artist. You know, I, I know that you have been involved with uh, music, with bands, photography. Can you tell me where do these languages intersect with your you being an artist? Do you utilize all of them in your art? That is, like, I like that question on that note. <clears throat> because the thing is, um, as, uh, as an artist, you know, you want to connect with people. As an artist bottom line is you want to connect with people more people and that actually helped me quite a lot to move on or get past a wall that i faced or encountered that's the thing about language is you make the other person feel at home which languages have you explored artistically i used it uh, i used my language and english i incorporated it in um like kind of like fusioned the the whole process and then put it on a song. There are times that I actually um, incorporate Bengali and Hindi, incorporate those two languages, not English at all, no Urdu, uh-huh. but straight up Hindi and Bengali in the same song. And also uh, Urdu, not as much actually, but I did, I do practice, like there are notes as me as a vocalist, there are notes that you want to hit or I personally want to hit, you know, I want to reach a, a certain note. So I kind of like, because how it's, it's how the note for, for, for Hindi changes in their language, you know, the note for Urdu changes in their language. So, so your vocal kind of like, you know, shifts through because the thing is, we're so used to that, the Bengali, uh, the tone, the, the, the note of it, you know, but Hindi note is different, you know. Uh, Hindi classical music is different. Bengali classical music is different than Hindi. Same with Urdu. 
music is different. So I kind of explored that more and pick like I feel like the music actually helped me pick up more of that language uh, because I kind of like wanted to listen to it and practiced those uh, notes at the same time. So it kind of like helped me get through. Is it pretty natural to, like you, you kind of spoke about the tones, is it really natural to go in between those? Do you find it harder to mix English with others? You know, if you're going to commit to singing in English, is that just kind of like an isolated thing with the languages that you know? Honestly, it was very natural for me to actually pick it up or um, incorporate those languages. But because, as you said, that was it tough for me to put in English and you know it was it actually and when I was kind of like playing that song in a guitar I kind of feel like this thing kind of like sounds similar to Bengali since I sing Bengali so I know the notes of it so I recognize that you are fluent in numerous languages but we are confined to talk in English I don't know the languages you do so we're kind of kind of trapped <laughs> in English here right. um, can you tell me a little bit about your journey to learn English. I mean, you're fluent and you live here in the United States. Tell us a little bit about that journey. It's funny you ask that question is because what's funny is uh, my dad. So we have we have two kinds of schools in uh, or two mediums, as we call it, English medium and Bengali medium. So the medium provides you with that. Okay, so you will learn everything in Bengali. So there are kids who actually know math, like mathematics in, in Bengali. There's, there's kids in, 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 in back in the country who know science in Bengali. So that's kind of like, that also interests me at the same time too, because I kind of grew up learning science in English, geography in English, you know, and history in English about Bangladesh. The thing is when I was growing up, uh, this, I was studying in the English medium school, but I was studying in one of those kind of like my, our principals were, were, were women who were sisters, you know. So we always like, hello, sister, you know, how are you? Like they were the church going people. And um, so we always used to speak in English back in school. But when I used to come home, we, I, was, I used to speak Bengali, you know, certainly take the freedom of the country, you know, kind of like that. When I when I was speaking in Bengali at the house, there were times that my dad used to be like, you know, that's English, speaking English. And I used to get pissed off. I was like, why? You know, I'm at the house. I'm at the comfort of my home, you know. So he's like, no, because like you trust me, you'll need it later. You'll understand why I'm telling you that. And he used to say that, you know, it's kind of like um, the, the, the first language of the world or, you know, not first language of of the world but you know it's kind of like an international language it'll you know help you get get through places sometimes you mentioned a little while ago that learning english isn't very common so when you're describing your parents making you uh, speak english at home is that is that common in bangladesh that's uh, and that isn't actually a common thing in bangladesh because uh, you see when sometimes even uh, it's it's not I wouldn't say it's something that I'm proud about or it's there is nothing like that But I do have a lot of friends who tell me that hey man You are actually very fluent like you don't have an accent from where you are, you know 
So the thing is, and that's why I guess it's it's my dad's, you know, scolding or something like that, which he like, you know, he wanted me to learn that uh, because kids from like even my friends from the country and when we speak in in, in English, they'll actually give out an accent of Bengali. Or you can certainly like kind of pick it up like, okay, after a full conversation for two minutes, you'll understand like, okay, this guy may be from, from, from a country like Southeast Asia or, you know, or he has a little bit of an accent. At what point in your life do you think that you attained full fluency of English? Was it before you came, moved to the United States? Was it after? Was it well after? It was actually the other way around. It was well before. Hmm. I would say I was super fluent, fluent when I was uh, grade two, three, because that's how we studied in in in, in the school. So that because like that's how we, that's how we talked, spoke to our to our teachers in school in English. We never spoke except for the Bengali teacher. We always spoke with them in in Bangla, but except for that, even our principal like. Always English. Any any teacher in school, always English. Even our sports teacher. So if even PA guy, even the PA teacher. What do you remember as the most difficult part of learning English? Was it like the pronunciation? <clears throat> Was it spelling? Was it the like word order? Like when you're when you're trying to craft a sentence in English, what part of that was difficult? What part of that maybe was easy for you? Thinking back right now, right now, actually, you did take me back because I was thinking about how did I pick up English, mm-hmm. you know? So it was it was tough for us to actually write in Bengali more than actually writing in English. Why do you think that is? I don't know because I've, I feel like I've, right after I was born, you know, we were always speaking in English at the, <laughs> at the house or even having names... Like what I have and, you know, like even having names uh, at the house, you know, my brother's name is Alex. It's it's not really a common name back in, back in the country, you know. So, um, and there were times that we, we even like, I even spoke to, we had conversations, you know, in, in English with our uncles and aunts even when I was a kid. But it was actually tough to pick up Bengali and write, you know, and learn that and I was actually I would say it's the other way around because I was fluent in Bengali in writing speaking yes you know you pick it up along the way but in writing so I was like super fluent when I was in like grade four I think in Bengali but in English it just came to be happened to be same question with with Hindi and Urdu um what did you Going from Bengali or English to those languages, what was really difficult or which, what was easy for you? Like moving from Bengali and English to Hindi, because I did that, that one year in school in India, you know, so I did have to like kind of learn it, learn it in a way. Since I kind of knew how to speak it a little bit, uh, it was nice to go through the books what are your future language goals? What do you want to learn? What do you want to improve on? Where do you see yourself going from here? Honestly speaking, I want to get uh, get with uh, get on with uh, Portuguese, get closer to my roots of the family than the country. 
I feel, because the country's roots, I have reached it from like personal personal experiences, I think. But uh, the goals, I would say, get more fluent in, in Portuguese. Uh, maybe kind of like, because Portuguese, the letters are English letters, you know, so you can, if you can pick it up, you can write it. That's not a big thing. But at the same time, like I want to pick up more of the Portuguese and you connect with people through through language, you know. Uh, so I love to travel, first of all, another thing that I, like, we all do. But there are people who, like, you know, there are people like me, I would say, or I am one of them, uh, in another way, would say that I like to go to a place and, and kind of, like, get to know about their language and, and you know, get closer to the people because... As I mentioned earlier throughout the, the conversation that, that um, even when I was speaking to my friends in Hindi, it felt like they were, they were I was close to them, you know. So um, pretty much that, that's another thing that I want to travel and kind of even if I can pick up like uh, a small little conversation throughout, not Portuguese, Portuguese, yes, I would want to get to know it full. But get to know more languages along the process. A uh, little bit here and there, you know, people have different ways of saying hellos. Um, they have different ways of saying goodbyes or, you know, it's a lot of things. So because language is culture at the end of the day. And uh, why not get to know a new culture, you know, dip into it. And it also helps with my art, uh, my craft. So do you think that being an artist has helped make it easier to explore new languages, you know, in the past and in the future? I would say definitely being an artist, you know, helped me big time tapping into different languages. And uh, it helped me, it actually helped me grow in my own craft. And that's one of the reasons, uh, me as a vocal, I, I, I see it. You know, or I can feel it, okay, that when I practice something in Urdu, you know, it kind of helped me with my heart. So um, definitely being an artist, I'm lucky to be an artist who, who, who wants to know, or I'm lucky to be an artist who wants to know actually about, about other languages, pick it up along the way. Is there a Portuguese song in your future? <laughs> That's funny, man. Uh, I think so. I think so. I'm like, I, I'm, I hope so. That'd be nice. That would mean that, okay, I actually got through the phase of, uh, of of learning Portuguese because that's kind of like where you have a certificate of being fluent because you can sing in that language, you know. And be, and basically, if you're, if you're a singer-songwriter, that means you went through the process of writing a little poetry, things like that. Do you, do you, do you call yourself a songwriter? A little bit, a little bit. It helps me incorporate the, the feelings that I have in my mind or my something that I have in my head and write it down. And uh, that's another thing about like like poetry. People, and it's good that you picked up that poetry thing because poetry is in so many different languages, you know. Poetry is something that, that like describes a lot of things in a very small, in four lines you, it describes a lot of things about a country or a culture. So Andy Mendez, uh, I want to thank you for for joining me on this first podcast I've ever recorded, um, <laughs> especially this one about languages is something 
that I think we can all appreciate. We all go through a language journey of our own. Thank you, Andy, for sharing yours with us. Do you have any closing thoughts about language, culture, life? Absolutely. I, I would say, man, uh, thanks a lot for having me at the same time. It was certainly a, definitely a good conversation, a good time, you know, uh, talking about your own language. Uh, you don't get to do that often with people. It definitely gets me a little emotional at the uh, a certain certain bit about, about that, you know. I would say I would ask people to uh, not just like learn it right away. You don't have to learn a language, but it's always nice to, to accept something and, and, and get to know it better. That's something that I would say, like, uh, you don't have to, as a bottom line, don't, you don't have to exactly learn a language, but be, be open to it, you know. It gets you closer to that culture and people. Thank you for listening to A Language Journey. My name is Ken Walker. I'd like to thank my guest, Andy Mendez, for bringing me through his life and his languages. There are over 7,000 languages spoken all over the world. I hope you enjoyed this conversation about just a few of them. That's it for me. Be well.